Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. It's been a huge round two footy back, of course. Uh, we hope you've been enjoying us on all the socials, of course. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook, at A3 Footy Podcast on Instagram, and at A3 Footy on Twitter. Alex Miller, thank you for joining me as always. Oh, Kat, happy to be back. Happy to get to round two. Lots to talk about, Alex Doherty. We're very excited. Absolutely, we are. Um, hello, everybody. Good, good to be back again. Uh, that's uh, that's it, boys. One one week back in the restart, and geez, a lot of lot of interesting results. I mean, we will go through the tips a little bit later, but uh, I definitely had a shocker this week. Yeah, look, I didn't get too many myself, but uh, we move uh, I, on. I, I, we I, move I, on to the next week. <laughs> we move on. Before we move on, though, we're going to start with the round that was. Of course, mm. covering a few games from the round in depth that we enjoyed. And the first one we're going to tackle, Alex Miller, your mob, in a very strange result. The Pies and the Tigers yes. drawing on Thursday night in a very low-scoring affair. Both teams only scoring 5-6-36. So it was a very defensive mm. kind of game, wasn't it? Oh, yes, indeed it was. I think, um, it's, I think it's the lowest-scoring game since 1990 at the G or 1998. Some ridiculous year like that. Um, but... Fantastic, I thought. Fantastic contest. We saw two of the top-ranked teams in the comp in terms of expectations for the season. Collingwood had beaten us before. Richmond, obviously, a pretty decent outfit. And it was a bit of a rough and tussle game, as you said, Kat. Both defences stood up well. There were some really, really good players around the place. Obviously, Doc, the the Pies dominated for the first half. But I thought Richmond's uh, second half was something much more impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you I look watched Collingwood's um first quarter and almost drew comparisons to their round one game against us, you know, all those all those months ago. Um mm. but but yeah, I think you got to give some credit to Richmond. I mean, you know, any, like a, an an ordinary team would have would have crumbled at quarter time. What was it? Four goals to four goals to one, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Four goals to one, you know, an ordinary side. You think of maybe an Adelaide. If it was us playing them again, we would have lost again by another fifty odd points. But the ti- <laughs> the Tigers are a good unit. Um, we, I, I've, I tell you what, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where these two teams head in the next next few weeks. Mm. Yeah, it was that that early dominance from the Pies. I really thought they were gonna put on you know an absolute clinic. Grundy and Adams had some of the best ruck midfield chemistry has seen in a very long yes. time and I think Adam's got about five of his clearances in that first quarter um he didn't do anything though after that cat it was very quiet no he slowed down is... he slowed down a lot the rest of the midfield did kind of take over though Pendles ended up with 31 touches and Sidebottom ended up with 27 and a goal so I think they lifted the uh lifted the load pretty mm. well but yeah I would have I thought Adams was yeah. about to have an absolutely dominant game but yeah just not yeah. not quite as not quite as much after the first quarter I suppose for him, he's had a long, long spin out of footy in general. Like yeah. he played round one, obviously, but before that, he had some injury troubles with hamstrings and whatnot. But there were some good young kids, Doc. Obviously, Doc Josh Dacos was oh. probably the best game he's played for the I love this kid. Club. Yeah, I, I had to say, you know, Josh Dacos was absolutely impressive. I mean, I think he, he he's growing by the week. I thought I thought Callum Brown had a really strong first half mm. as well. I can't wait to see him string a four-quarter game together. I think he'll be an electric small forward in, in years to come. But I've got I to say, boys, these two teams have met 
so many times since Richmond came in the league in 1908. They've only had one draw prior to this. That was yeah, I know. How's that for us? <laughs> you know, so, so inc- incredible stuff. I mean, you mm. know, you, I look, at the, look at this Collingwood team. There's a lot of these names that aren't exactly household names. And we talk about John Noble. I thought Jack Madden was all right. Um, yeah. Darcy Cameron showed some really strong hands in his Collingwood debut. I think it'd be interesting, boys, see if Cox comes back here because Cameron, I thought, played mm. so well, took some really big clunks. Uh, but you, he you didn't can't, spend. You, you can't no. kick Cameron out of that team. No, not, not I don't after think that so. one. I think and there can be play room to play. Uh, I think you could play all three of them, actually. I think oh. if the Pies... Obviously, Grundy's going to be playing, you know, 100% ruck time. And uh, mm. I think just having Cameron and uh, Cox as the tools could work. Let Myocek play a bit further out of the forward 50. Mm. And uh, you've got all those yeah, smalls at your I, feet. I thought it was interesting, though, the ruck selection. Obviously, Ned Kervis was dropped and they went with Soldo, who... I thought, obviously, Grundy was a better ruckman, but Stolder, I thought, held his own. He only had 10 less hit-outs. Um, yeah, I agree. yeah, I agree. I thought around the ground was really good. He had nine tackles, Doc. Um, so he was in in the months of contest, Stolder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought I had my doubts about uh, Stolder heading into heading into this game. Obviously, mm. not as not as well credentialed as a ruckman as opposed to uh, Big Brody. But, um, mm. yeah, I thought, I thought, I'm with you, I thought he absolutely held his own. Completely. I mean, you know, it's not not about not about how many hitouts you get. It's one of the best ruckmen in the game, but it's about whether or not you can actually hang with him for four quarters, and that's Absolutely. exactly what Ivan Soldo did. Yeah, you got to remember as well, Cat. He's played bloody, I think, under twenty five games still, Soldo. So he's learning his yeah. craft. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, a, look, I think um, mm, I Grundy obviously was always going to win the battle, but yeah, look, he did all right. He did all right for. I still think if he had a bit of backup with Nankervis or Chol or someone in there, it might have been a little bit better, but well, it is what it as is. As there was good players, there was some shocking players from each team. So I'm going to run through a couple of those <laughs> real quick, boys. Um, the good electric Indigenous fellows from Richmond just had a shocker. Pickett only the seven touches, didn't have any influence on the game. Rioli hasn't done anything since he broke his ankle in the grand final, the six touches, but... Really, I said, I said uh, off air when we were discussing the game, I thought he looked a bit unfit, mm. even like not oh. like he's at match fitness. Um, yeah, I thought so he maybe was he just needs a few useless. weeks out to hit the training track really hard and get back to that. But I don't know, he just looks a bit off to me. And then yeah, from the I... Collingwood side, Doc, what about Josh Thomas? I can't believe he's still in over Jane Stevenson. I think he's miles better in front of him. Yeah, no, I was, um, I was having a look at the um the stats here and Josh Thomas only with five touches Alex Miller he I reckon... hasn't done anything for years <laughs> for years, years. I think I've yeah. got I've gotten my little ins and outs here that yeah I'd have Stevenson coming in this week yeah. um, surely Jaden Stevenson comes in this week there is he not a to. chance he he what does he have to do ch- to get a game <laughs> he has Probably to stop placing bets on himself <laughs> I think as well, boys, as much as I think Tyler Brown is going to be play for the future, he's probably not quite there yet. He had a dip, but he's just not there yet. And Will Hoskins yeah, he wasn't, was... wasn't quite as good as his round one uh, game, mm. but he'll, he'll get yeah, there in time. He, for, he'll get a oh, bit of consistency the more I he plays. I think he'll be a very, very good player. No doubt about that. Oh. And oh, I, yeah. I thought um, Will Hoskin Elliott was a bit useless and Jack, Jack Raywalt was just shocking. So um, <laughs> Yeah, he was well held any... by... Well held by um, mm. Moore, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Elliott also had the five touches, boys. Didn't do mm. much. 
Yeah, no. I didn't even didn't even realize he was playing until about the last quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Even I would also just like to say before we move quarter. on that uh, Braden Maynard and Jack Crisp are really running that back line at the moment. You know, everyone yeah. how how and uh, more obviously get a lot of the a lot of the plaudits, but those two are absolutely elite when it comes to rebounding and intercepting. I think they both did an excellent Absolutely. job. Surely I Jeremy Howe's an All-Australian this year, boys. Yeah, I he's probably so. back on that um, form there, again. There that's is, a great... That's, sorry? That's a great call there, Doc. I like it. Yeah, I, I reckon You know, his first two weeks especially have been absolutely out of this world. You know, He re- read, reads everything, marks everything. He, he's literally the impenetrable wall. Yes. I suppose just quickly before we move on to the Gold Coast West Coast game, which is a thriller, just some of the team numbers were a bit interesting. Obviously, a lot of people are complaining about the lack of quality. The inside fifty effectiveness is what really let it down. Richmond went at twenty five percent, and they had forty four inside fifties. So compared to Collingwood, though, they only went at forty percent from thirty two entries. So both teams' defences, I thought, really showed why. You know, Richmond have been the number one ranked defence for quite some time, and Collingwood with quite a young emerging backline now are proving that they've got the, the talent to stay around. Clearances are pretty even, stoppages, contested possession. Obviously, the thing was the kick and the marking in the early half. The, the Pies dominated. They had um, they finished with 43 more marks, boys. Yeah, And we saw this happen as well last time we played them in the final, Collingwood's kick-mark style. It might be the way to beat Richmond. Yeah, that that's kind of what that's kind of what I was thinking on Thursday night as well. Like, you 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 look at how you look at how Richmond have been beaten last year and the year before. You know, te- teams try to rely on their skills, and I think that's kind of what Richmond's game plan is about. Like Richmond's game plan entails of opposition team opposition teams mm. getting their hands on the footy, so the Richmond so the Richmond defenders can actually press on them and cause them to turn over and therefore get the easy goal. You know, yep. what what's watched Collingwood's first quarter and, you know, they allowed, Richmond allowed Collingwood to actually, you know, get their hands on the footy and, and do what they want with it. Mm. But And I thought Rich, Richmond's pressure was there, but Collingwood's skill was just, you know, better, better than mm. most teams. So I agree. Yeah. I think not, not allowing the Tigers to get the ball at ground level is a very, very strong part of not letting them play their game style. Also, quickly, I just messed up the mark numbers, boys. It was 81 to 74. The handballs, they had 40 more handballs. But I think it was just a, a really interesting contest. And the last thing, Kat, I suppose, is the tackles. Richmond had mm. 70 to Collingwood's 29. Now, wow. 70 tackles is a lot of... And considering, yes, the Pies had 50 more total disposals, but... But 29 tackles, tackles is barely any. Mm, that's the I thing. Think, I think it goes to lot. show... It goes to show that the two teams do play a very different sort of game. I think even through the midfield. Mm. Obviously, the Pies had the ball in hand more, so they're going to be tackling less. But, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if that's something that uh, that Bucks will be pointing out in the match review coming into the game against the Saints, especially because the Saints have proven themselves to be quite the physical team. So, you never know. I was going to say to you, Doc, you would have seen Saints on the weekend. They're quite a... yeah. Forceful outfit, so I think the Pies will have to pick up the heat in terms of contest. So the next game we're covering on the round that was is the Suns and the Eagles are flying over to Metricon Stadium. Obviously, a result that almost no one saw coming. Uh, the Suns ended up winning by 44 points, 14-6-90 to 6-10-46. What did we make of the game, Alex Miller? 
We have made a star out of Matty Rail already. He is going to be the face of the Gold Coast Suns and the AFL, Alex Doherty. How high is the potential on this young man? I, I tell you what, it's, it's limitless. It's, uh, you know, you, watch, this, you know watch the replay on Monday because I was stupid enough to watch the showdown instead. Um, <laughs> I found myself saying Sunday morning I should have watched the Gold Coast game instead. So how often do you hear me <laughs> saying that? Yeah, 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 that's, that. Uh, no, no, no that's a very good that. point. Uh, Matty Rowe's numbers are outstanding, though, Doc. Ma- Matty Rowe will put bums on seats on the Gold Coast for the next 10 years. And, <laughs> dare I, and, and dare I say, it's already nearly cool, but he'll be Gold Coast's best player when it's all said and done. Could he win the best and... in Ferris this year? Oh, he's definitely a chance. He's definitely he's a, a chance. chance. He actually he is. 20 odd tw- touches and a goal. Yeah, what is it? We we uh, ha- have a look at the stat line here. Two goals, 26 touches, seven tackles, five clearances. That is just elite. And the thing is as well, 321 metres gained, Dockers, and inside mid. That's, that's, that's pretty, crazy. Well, that's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I will admit, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big fan of the metres gained stat. I'm a big fan of the metres gainer. Oh, it doesn't really, it doesn't, doesn't tell you much. It doesn't really ex- exactly explain much. But what, what is metres gained? Like, what, 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 oh, from what? From what? Kicking the footy? From kicking running from the footy? Run, <laughs> running their guts out. Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly could get 400 metres gained and they still lose by 44 points. So it's an irrelevant stat. <laughs> oh, well, Andrew, Andrew Gaff almost Andrew, had 600. Andrew Gaff <laughs> nearly had 600. How's that? That's crazy. And uh, speaking of someone uh, who was really impressive, Cat. There was a couple of names mm. you tossed up on the weekend in our mm. group chat. Hugh Greenwood and Lockie Weller. Just talk a bit about those two. Yes. Gentlemen. There was an interesting uh, interesting set of Can bounce I... set up for the Suns. Um, obviously, Greenwood, I think, adds a lot in there. Just a bit. Of, he's got a bit of a uh, Got, got a bit of nastiness about him that I never really knew he had. Can really yeah, stick, you, a, you stick an elbow in or, you know, jostle at the contest. I saw him saw him getting stuck you in didn't notice a couple this. times. Um, you didn't notice this at Adelaide. He's always he's always been like that. He's always been a grumpy oh, little man. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, al- he's always been a very, um, very hard animal. Ferocious animal. Uh, a hard <laughs> gentleman. He's Hugh a bit of a beast. But Lockie and, Weller in the mid- midfield, you really like Cap. Yeah, I do. I think he's a he's a classy player, Weller. He's got very very strong disposal by hand and foot. Uh, probably one of the best kicks on their team. And I think that, that I think they realised with Hanley coming back in, they could move Weller out of the off half back and put him mm. into a more on ball role. And I think he thrives yeah. on it. You know, especially with uh, Swallow coming back in this week, it'll be a mm. couple another big body in there to let him kind of go about his thing and get those clean <laughs> clearances. Yeah, Weller had 24 touches and a goal and five clearances himself. So he was pretty good as well. And now Will Powell was handy and the whole whole core was really good. It's lovely to see Sam Day out there as well, kicking goals, Doc, literally. There are two goals and 18 touches. I I think it's fantastic that he's still around as one of the inaugural sons and being a real leader now for that group. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Sam Day has always had that potential. Just the problem was he was always so stricken with injury. Mm. But I, I definitely do like the way he goes about it. He leads well, takes good, has good strong hands, mm-hmm. you know, strong and, he, hands. And, and he's quite a, and he's often accurate in front of goal too. I don't think many people actually realise that. Yeah. Mm. Um, what about Sam Collins, boys? I, oh, I swear to oh. God, I, I, I watched watched this watched this game on the Monday, and I thought 
like this man, this man seriously gets underappreciated by everybody. He's um, he's close to the Suns' best uh, best key defender at the moment. He played off he, he, played off Jack Darling amazingly team. well. Uh, obviously, Charlie Ballard was on Josh Kennedy as well for most of the night and kept him to was it only a goal. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that Suns backline unit looks really, really good. I think they're young boys in a uh, Connor Butterick and Jack Bowes has been moved back to the half backline as well. Work really well as Smalls down there, and of course, as I mentioned before, Pierce Hanley doing a really good job of being that rebound and, player that he needs to be. Still got, um, you know, the players like um, Jared Hardbrow and obviously Jack Humphrey didn't play. Yeah. Um, but he, he's quite a good player. And their defence is looking like one of the strong points. And that's what's really needed, I think, for the Suns to build up to be... Well, it was, it was last year you saw before, you know, yeah. before the likes of Collins got injured. Um, that Suns backline was looking really, really solid and one of the best in the comp. I think they were, they were in like top four for least conceded... Mm in those yep. first four rounds, I think. So, yeah, they've got a strong yeah, exactly. backline. Exactly. They were um, quite, they were quite a very stingy defensive unit in that early part of the season. They were three and one too. So, you yeah. know, mm. and they're a very good it. shot to go three and one again here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think got the Suns could make top eight. Oof. You, you called this at the start of the season, Alex Miller, you were very, very staunch on the Suns. Yeah, I think, even the biggest thing now for me is fixture change is really going to benefit the Suns in the long run. They're going to have three now of the first four games at home. Yeah. You should mark down Adelaide hopefully as a, as a win this week. They should beat Fremantle possibly as well next week. And as you said, Cap, it could be three and one. Mm. Then they take on, I think it's, it's Port, Geelong. which will be no easy. Geelong, uh, Geelong, Geelong. sorry. That's right. That would be a tough test. But this team, if they can win... 80% of their home games, which they're capable of with this young list, they're, they're going to have a big home ground advantage. So they could sneak into the eight. And if not, I think they'll have a top half of the bottom eight finish. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not a bad um, call. I, I, really I, impressed I, with the Suns. I, I rubbish you for saying that um, at the start of the year. But, you know, if, if, if they can actually keep, you know, the bulk of this 22 together... You know, and not be and not be so ravaged with injury. I mean, they could they could do anything this year. The Gold Coast Suns. It's really and, just going to depend and, on if they can, yeah, stay healthy and fitness. Yeah, because they've got it, options. It, they've got options on every line at this point. It's 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 been a really strange year, and if they can keep if if they can keep players like Ben Ainsworth fit, if they can keep you know Jack Lacrosses will be a, a star player in a couple of years. If they can keep Pierce Hanley fit, Sam Day fit, Sam Collins fit. Yeah, this yep. Gold Coast team. This Gold Coast team could be anything. I really like Will Powers' game as well. I, I think yeah, I thought, he, he he needs to play more. I think he's a good player for the future. Ben Ainsworth, you touched on Doc, really high, highly rated young man, was a high pick, and two goals, one on the weekend, sixteen touches. I hope he gets a good run in terms of fitness and form because he's a guy who, from all accounts from the Suns, is a workhorse in training. You know, busts his ass. He he plays a lot of mid forward, so. He's a hard worker, no doubt about that. And I thought it was an extraordinary game by the whole Suns outfit. They, they played West Coast off the park. Who, Kat, there's some questions now about the Eagles. I think Adam Simpson would have marked this down as probably the easiest win in the next mm. block. They now sit in a spot where, obviously, the news story from the week was about the um, running intensity 
yeah. in the uh, the practice <laughs> match was higher according to the GPS trackers. So it That's turns, it. it looked like that. Yeah, it's massive. Looks like the Suns did not want to be their cat from the first bounce. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't Eagles. know. I think uh, Eagles, not the cats. Th- maybe, the cats maybe it's just anyway. a bit. Maybe it's just a bit. <laughs> they're they're struggling to settle into this whole hub situation, but they're going to have to get used to it quick because they've got the Lions at the Gabba next week or this week. Sorry, followed up by uh, you know not yeah, really home games where they play Port at Metricon and then the Tigers at Metricon. So <laughs> they're going to have to get used to this situation quick, or they're going to find themselves losing these next few games very very quick. quickly. Yep. No, th- these are all quality teams they're playing against. Absolutely, and I, I think you look, look at the numbers, Doc, on face value. You, you, they, they reckon they'd probably be happy, but I only thought one guy did well, and it's a man who you really rate highly, Elliot Yo. I thought played extremely well. Yeah, so that he was did. About it. I, yeah, he did. I thought I thought Yo was um, absolutely terrific in the uh, in, in contested ball, and you know what you're going to get from him every week. You know, he, he mm. just gives. You know, not 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 the flashiest player by any means, but he he, he goes he goes in and under every every week, and he just does his bit for the team. You know, a lot, lot of lot of these lot of these players very very disappointing. I thought Nick Nat was very was very uh very uninfluential mm. around the ground. You know, yeah. he had his, he had thirty he had thirty six hit outs. You know, he did did his bit in the ruck against Jared Witts, but you know, for somebody that was highly rated years ago as somebody that could do both win hitouts in in the ruck and do work around the ground as well. It, it needs to be better than nine touches. Oh, okay. no. They're in, they're uh, in for an uphill battle here, the, uh, the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, that's right. It's, McGovern, it's not easy. McGovern out, obviously, on suspension this week. Shuey still looking touch and go to actually make the game. Uh, he did have a bit Josh of Josh Kenny looks cooked as. He just needs to give it away end of this year, I think. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. well, they've they've got the young talent to come in. They've got the likes of Oscar Allen to kind of fill <coughs> well, that void. Few, and yeah, he played alright. He kicked two goals, but just I thought from an effort standpoint, it would be really disappointing being a West Coast supporter. I thought um, nobody looked like they could be fagged. Um, I thought <coughs> um, Liam Ryan, uh, Luke Ryan, not Liam Ryan. <laughs> no, <laughs> Liam Ryan was a uh, very <laughs> wasteful in front of goal. O goals, o four. Um, and I forgot touches. he even existed. He was just that, uh, <laughs> I think, I that think off his game. He, yeah, he just seems to got a bit ahead of himself. And I think he's still got a long way to go in his development. Jamie Cripps uh, was irrelevant. Seven yeah, touches, no impact. Yeah, Jackson I, 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 Nelson, I I'm not sure how he's in the 22 at all. Same with Brandon <laughs> Get Nelson um, out and put bloody Crocker Watson in. Oh, just somebody with some grunt, some talent. Jackson Nelson is uh, not talent. So, <laughs> who I do want to ask boys who comes in? Who comes in this week for McGovern? I've got Will Schofield marked down just because he's really yes. their only other tall option. I would. I would I mind think... saying. Uh, I wouldn't mind saying Josh Rotham get a game. Yeah. Oh yes, I was going to say I really Rotham. Like, I really like him. If not, they could bring Bailey Williams in, play him as a ruck forward and swing mm. uh, old mate. Uh, Oscar Allen back. Yeah, yeah not that's, not, that's not that's not a bad call actually. I don't mind but that. I feel like I feel like Adam Simpson would be reluctant to do anything exciting like that. He likes to uh, play everyone in their natural positions and and also who comes in who comes in if Shuey doesn't Shuey doesn't pass his uh, fitness tests. Get Quaker Watson in. Get Quaker in. I'd imagine they'd <laughs> well, want a more they... in and under midfield type as opposed to a they, outside. They don't. They don't have a whole lot of options. 
I was thinking maybe now's the time to bring in Hamish Brayshaw for a game. No, thank you. Maybe no, no, not 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 keen on that, gentlemen. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not against it. I just haven't. I just don't know how he's tracking in terms of form. And Look, from all accounts and looking at the waffle scores and stats and whatnot from last year, he had a very strong season uh, in the midfield for the Eagles team. Last year so... feels like a lifetime ago now. Cat, that's the thing. It I does. Like... It does. You can't necessarily rely on 2019 form anymore. He's, but... he's probably doing all right, I'm sure, in the interclubs and whatnot. But uh, I'm sure he's I don't not. Know. The worst Just give him a run at it. But what, what, yeah, <laughs> I reckon. What have you got to lose? Well, another game, unfortunately, if they don't forget <laughs> their shit. So I think it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens in that game. But we should move on to the other yes. game at the Gabba. We're still in the hub. Still in the hub. The Lions and the Dockers. Uh, this was a thriller. This was an absolutely uh, nail biting game from start to finish. The momentum never mm. quite swung fully in the way of either team, but the Lions got there in the end, 12-9-81 to 10-9-69, beating the Dockers by two goals. Mm. Boys, there were some very, very strong performers in this game. I want to say Michael Walters and Charlie Cameron mm. both put on a show in the opposite forward lines. Four goals, two to Charlie, two goals straight to uh, to Sun Sun, but... 28 touches as well. Yes. Names. Very, very strong performers. Yeah, I think um, I think now there's, I would say that Michael Walters and Charlie Cameron are the two best small forwards in the comp uh, in, in their respective talents in terms of Michael Walters being able to go in the midfield, get the ball inside, outside, and just be explosive. And Charlie is just one of the most lethal forwards on any... Not even 50-50 chances. If he gets a 20-80 chance, he will turn into a goal. The guy is uh, beyond creative. And I thought it was quite funny, actually. Um, I actually posted on my Instagram that Freo were useless. They were down by, I think, 30 points halfway through the third quarter. And I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm home here. But Alex Doherty, they put up a fair fight considering the state of this list right now, Freo. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the Dockers have... I reckon the Dockers have been... A very impressive team for somebody who's been zero and two. Uh, mm. You know, against Brisbane at the Gabba, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect them to be to lose as much to lose by as little as two goals. But you know, uh, there's a lot to love about this Fremantle team, and I think they'll actually they'll actually challenge a few sides, Alex Miller, contrary to what you believe. I thought James Ash was really good. Yeah, yeah. Seven marks. Really, really good. M- makes makes you wonder why Colin would let him go <laughs> if it if, if it wasn't if it wasn't just money related. Mm. I think I think he was out to prove out to prove something in this mm. game, Aish. Kind of putting his absolutely, you know, putting himself out there and saying, "I'm not just a depth player. I'm going to be best 22 for this side for the rest of the year." I feel yeah. like Justin Longmuir would have identified Doc that James Aish was a player that was in a tough spot in terms of, like you said, the salary cap squeeze on the pies. Um, his position in a team where, you know, uh, as as we mentioned before, Jack Chris is a really good rebounding halfback. And that's where probably Asia's best footy is. But he looks very comfortable on the wing this week. And um, he looks like a good pick. And I thought Nat Fife was probably the most influential player on the ground from a Freo point of view. He, he had two, I think he went touchless in the first quarter. And he yeah. finished with 24 and three goals, one. But I sort of want to ask he, both he's, of you. He's, get, he's, get, he's getting another three votes here. <laughs> If Mickey Walters yeah. doesn't get it, or if Lockie Neal or Charlie doesn't get it, yeah. lots of options. He should not get it. I no, the Ump's um, 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 love. The Ump's love five. He'll get it. <laughs> they do. 
what? I don't know how he gets 73 votes in losses. But the thing I want to ask, boys, is with Fife's goal-kicking potential, much like Dustin Martin, start with you, Kat, mm. what sort of split should he play game time-wise? Because he only looks like the only viable threat. You know, Tampa had a good first quarter, but no one looks like he's going to go all down there. And that's their issue. Yeah, look, it is it is a good question. Fife, obviously, he's one of those guys that you can just put him forward and he'll he'll mark everything mm. that comes to him because... I think, I think a lot of defenders don't realise that he is a tall threat and he's very, very good oh, yeah. above his head. Um, I don't know. You want, you want him in the engine room. He's your, he's your best midfielder. You want him in there at least 80% of the game. But that being said, in games like this where he's not getting the touches you might want, swing him forward, get him back into the game, and he'll just kick him. You, know, you see guys like Cripps can mm-hmm. do it. Uh, Dugowie obviously kind of got the whole discussion around him at the moment as well. Dusty does it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's just it's the mark of a game winner and mark of a star that you can just put them anywhere on the ground and they'll they'll Paddy just do sometimes their thing. does it. Yeah, Paddy too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of everybody knows how good Nat Fife is around the air, Alex Miller, and we mm. certainly know that for sure. I, I I reckon he needs to play a little bit more down forward. Not not all not all not all game. I think. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think he he is definitely needing that midfield group because if if you take that five bit out of that midfield, who do who do you have? You got you got three third year players in Andrew Brayshaw and Adam Chera. And, yeah, but that's you know, the thing as well, Doc. Where's Adam Chera? I've really been disappointed with his overall development so far. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about Adam Chera at the moment. He he still seems to be a little bit all over the place. Um, I think he has a different position. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this whole. I think he kind of floats around odd positions too much. Sometimes I put him half forward. Sometimes I put him in the midfield. Sometimes he's you know on the wing or on half back. He just needs. I think it's sort footy? of. Uh, that's the thing. It's it? sort of like it's sort of like how we uh, treated Darcy Parish for the first few years of his career where, you know, sometimes he was in the midfield, sometimes he was half forward, sometimes he was on the outside and you just are kind of hindering guys' developments if you keep doing that. Mm. So, I don't know. I've seen him play pretty good footy <coughs> midfield. I've seen him play pretty good footy half forward. Just give him a stretch of games in one of those roles and see what he does. Yeah. Yep, that's a fair call, I suppose, as well. But some of the younger... Darcy Tucker was good, Doc, our man. He, uh, yeah, we, yeah we like him, I thought. We like big Darcy. I thought, I thought he was very good. And also, Brennan Starsevich, boys, who I was high on pre-season, played a bit of a tag and roll on Michael Walters, obviously got off the leash. But I thought for a man in his second game to play on somebody of his calibre, he it's a good had 17 touches yeah, and eight tackles. And I also Brent want to say Kalamar Chi quickly. Um, yeah. Good to see him uh, playing good footy and he kicked a goal, got up mm. and about. That was very exciting. Very, very good. Yeah, it looks a likely type, Calamachi. Yeah. What do you make of Hayden Young's debut? Boys, I thought he was quite good. Late inclusion, obviously, for... Yeah, it looks not bad. Probably got thrown to the wolves a little bit, poor Hayden. Mm. Um, You could tell they were missing Wilson in that back line with uh, Charlie getting off the leash. But look, not a bad debut. You'd hope he gets a few more games to string together. And what about the ruck situation with Sean Darcy now out for, mm. uh, I think it's a hyperextended knee. Do they reckon they'll go with Loeb as, obviously Jesse Hogan should come back into the fold, Doc. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Cam McCarthy. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see McCarthy playing for another few weeks at least. I mean, there's, yeah. 
a lot, lot, lot of internal health issues that I think that need to be addressed with him before Absolutely. he goes back, before he goes back and plays football again. And I, I honestly hope he does get back to playing footy because I think as inconsistent as Cam McCarthy is, I think he, I, I still think he has some form of talent that he can play. Yeah. Yep. Um, in terms of the ruck, in terms of the ruck um, situation, I, I don't think they've got much of a choice as to go with uh, big big lob this weekend. I mean, who who else do the Dockers have that they really have Lloyd Meek? Yeah, Lloyd Meek, a young rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's not going like to shoulder a, it all by himself. But doesn't Lloyd Meek sound like a really rich businessman that lives in the Bahamas or something like that? <laughs> Lloyd Meek sounds, sounds like, like a... somebody who lives in the gutter. <laughs> Sounds like a character in an 80s movie. Sir Lloyd Meek. <laughs> Let's have a look at his dimensions. Uh, he's, he's a big boy. He's 22 years old, so a little bit older than most rookies. 103 centimeter, 203 centimeters, sorry, and 111 keg. So very, very big boy. Yeah. Um, I was going to say bring in Scott Jones, but I forgot they delisted him many years ago. <laughs> Bring, bring um, Sandy back from retirement for a game. No, they could do. They could do. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think I'd like to see Hogan back from what Longmuir said post game that he went well in the scratch match. Cat, yep. so good sign for him. I, I think if he doesn't play this week, he'll play next week. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, got to, he's, got to, he, he's got to be close. They wouldn't have flown Locked him up to the to the hub if he wasn't going to play at least a game or two. I, 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 I choose before, Jay Hogan. Lock him in. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of boys that um, you know yes. we're, not, we're not exactly not exactly big fans of here at the A3. A couple of Freo boys. Um, how, how, how's your rate, Taylor Jumans game on the weekend? Uh, hopeless, get him out. <laughs> the question is, is just who who comes in for him. I guess you drop him Nathan for Wilson. Wilson yeah, in. is Wilson going to be back in this spot. week? Yeah, he should be. He was he was a late he, uh, with just backs on or something. Yeah, yeah, he should oh, be. Well. Um, what about, or oh, who was he? Bailey Banfield. Uh, now we, now we actually do, don't mind him, but I thought he, was he, only okay. had, he only had the nine touches, had a couple mm. of tackles he in there the as snag. well. He yeah, he did kick a snag. He was, he did kick was he, he uh, tagging or was he just kind of floating around no, the forward he, line? he was half, half forward, but yeah, I think yeah. there is potential. For me. I think he, he might be better in the midfield mix cap just for some more game time in there. It's yeah. Like they've got. They've got a 35-year-old David Mundy as their sort of second-best <laughs> midfielder, which, no disrespect to Mundy, but they need a bit more fresh meat in there, I think. I, yeah, I, look, I think his time, I think his time's nearly done, David Mundy. He didn't, he didn't, hmm. he didn't exactly look up to it on the weekend. He got, he only got his hands on the footy about 13 times. Yeah, Enough. Banfield's probably one of those guys that shouldn't be playing every single week. Just when you need him, he's a role player. You know, he's good. I hmm. like Banfield, but he is a role player. Uh, I agree. At heart, uh, Ethan Ethan Hughes had about seven touches. I don't know what you guys make of his game, but I I just don't think he's up for it. I think you put, put a bit fan. of faith in the kid. I think he's he's yeah. had a very good string of form in 2019, and I think just give him uh, give him a bit more time to be consistent, and he'll get there. I reckon. I reckon he's quite handy. I reckon he's got more potential than Alex Pierce. So I'd rather <laughs> stick with Ethan Hughes for a bit more. Um, but okay, bugger Alex oh. Pierce off. Uh, there is there is not there? one there, there is not one man that dislikes Alex Pierce more than Alex Miller. <laughs> no, he's just <laughs> overrated as so. I believe that was that was the round that was, gentlemen. Yes. Now, yes. Kat, yeah, mate. We've been 
obviously in isolation, we've been making up some strange breakfasts, breakfast meals every morning with, with eggs. So I'm going to ask you, yeah, in mate. a new adjustment to the egg segment, how do you like your eggs this week? Well, this week I like them hard boiled, but the bombers obviously doing their best to try and scramble the uh, scramble the yolks in the pan. But there was one man who said, "No, I'm I'm a hard boiled egg this week, and I'm uh, I'm going to win the game." And that is Darcy Parish, who won the game yes. off his own back in the last quarter. To to three quarter time, he only had four touches, but he came alive with uh, thirteen touches, kicked a goal, uh, a few inside fifties, a few tackles, a few clearances. The man was just was just immense in that last quarter. And obviously that goal he kicked was the match sealer. Uh, he really mm. came to life. It was fantastic to see. Uh, just he, he dragged us over the line, really, plain and simple. It's a really good one. Is this man only a big game player? <sighs> good question. Does he good only question. come out for big games? No, I think <laughs> he didn't have a very good game <laughs> up to up to the last quarter, Parish, but... I think he's had a very consistent, had a very consistent 2019. Now that he's been settled into that half forward position, um, I don't think sure I, I don't that. think he I, I don't think he uh, yeah, don't goes know. under the radar when yeah, he's not needed. Yeah, I don't know about consistent. I mean, I thought I, I thought he was consistently in and out of Wish's team last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, think Parrish's potential is high, Cat. I, I, oh yeah, I've seen we've seen the glimpses of him. Dog. Yeah, we've we've seen that we've seen the the two goals, thirty touch games from him mm. a few times. Oh, so yeah. we, know, we know he can do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And 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 he wasn't a top five, top five, top six pick for for no reason. Yeah, you know the, mm. the kids the kids obviously got talent, but it's just a matter of trying to find out where his best footy is at and trying to find mm. out where you know how how consistent he can string it along together for for four quarters because as you've said yeah. and as and as we know you know his first three quarters were absolutely ordinary couldn't get couldn't get anywhere near it yeah but yeah 13 13 disposal in the last quarter is is an, is absolutely commendable you know mm. you'd ben, be hoping and, and the thing I'm looking, I'm looking at his stats i'm looking at his mm. stats here he's played 78 games so far so by the end of this year he'll be approaching the 100 game mm-hmm. mark uh, his disposal averages stayed pretty consistently around the twenties or so, but now that he's playing okay. as more of a half forward, you'd hope the goals will start going up. Where he's only mm. kicked only kicked that one goal so far this year, and his best his best goal goals for a year was twelve last year off twenty one games. So it's either you bad. want that it's not bad, but either that disposal no. average needs to go up, or he needs to start kicking more goals. Uh, he's obviously getting What's to that age. What's more likely, cat for yours then? I think the way that our forward line is now, I think he's probably more likely to be notching up more disposals and more goals, just because okay. I think it's set yep. more towards the likes of you know Townsend and Stringer, uh, and McKernan being the big goal scorers at the moment, and you know Danaher when he comes back in eventually, if he does at all. Excited to see Joe Danaher boys. Um, but I, Parish how, Parish how, can how break out this year. He can, a hundred percent, he can. He just needs to needs to get there. I think from all reports, Doc, he's he's not he's not a whole he's not a mile away. He's not he's not down the road, but he's not a mile away. I think he's he's, <laughs> he's probably a, he's still a sprint away. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably he's, he's a four hundred meter distance running away. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Right? He's probably <laughs> he's probably a, probably two months, I reckon, maybe a month and a bit. But I think um, as soon as he's fit, if the bombers are tracking like they are, if they're if they're sitting top. 
you know, they sit third at the moment. God bless them. But if they sit top eight, top four, I'm sure well, Joe would be happy to come back into the fold. And we've maybe we've got to beat the Dees and the Blues next couple of weeks. You oh, should. You never know. That's four, that's four and oh, right there. You never know. We drop those. And, <laughs> no, no. And I reckon if the Bombers finish top six, Joe Danaher might say, you know what, I might stick around and sign a maybe short term extension. Mm. I want. I want. I want to say the Bombers should be four and zero after <laughs> that. But the fact that they only just limped across the line against a Sydney team that couldn't even beat themselves, you know, I, I really don't know. Well, look for the first time. For the first time in a couple of years, we're actually playing the D's with a week's break, as opposed to normally the uh, five days or so yeah. we get after Anzac Day. So. I think if any, if we've ever got a good chance of actually playing well against the D's, it's this year. <laughs> well, let's not talk about the D's. Let's talk about who's the man. Alex Doherty, who's the man? Who I'm is a... your man of the week? If everyone wants a refresh, man of the week is each person picks a player from the round who had the most influential performance for most likely a winning team. So, Alex Doherty, give us the biggest drop punt you've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Friday night to the Geelong Hawthorne game. Uh, I thought I thought there was one cat. There was a few. There's a few that stood out, but the one that I thought was you know really impressed me the most was you know Joel Selwood. Mm. Now, now we said in the preseason that the man only had maybe one or two years of good footy left at best. Yeah, we did. Uh, didn't didn't think didn't think he'd have as big of an impact as I thought he would this year, but. You know, on Friday night, he absolutely absolutely scorched Hawthorne's midfield. 28 disposals, eight clearances, a few tackles. And I, I, and I, reckon, I reckon this performance shows, like, you know, Hawthorne, Hawthorne's midfield wasn't, wasn't a, you know, not, it's not a bad midfield, even with Jager O'Meara out. But I, but I thought, for, for what it was worth, Joel Selwood was mm. absolutely terrific. It just went, wound back the clock. It was a virtuoso performance from about when the Cats, when the cats were in, Genuine premiership contention under Mark Thompson. Well, um, <laughs> when was that? Uh, feels like a lot. Feels yeah, like a lot. Yeah, about, about half a century ago. <laughs> no, he played a really good game, Doc. Some really good numbers there as well for him. I'd just like to honourable yeah. mention to for that game, Gary Ablett as well. I thought turned back the clock and looked as as frisky mm. and and uh, dangerous in that forward line as he ever has. Yeah, yeah I don't absolutely. usually allow. Not honourable mentions, but I'll, I will allow Gary Ablett. So, because it's, it's, right, it's who's the man, as, not as, who are the men. Yeah, as as you, as you have so eloquently said in in months gone by, Alice Carolina, it is who is the men. Who's the man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we love to we love to give shout outs to all our favourite players in this segment, don't we? I've got a who's not the man from Hawthorne, but that's not uh, my job here, Cat. <laughs> who are you going to give us? Who's, who's your man we're do, from? We're doing the we're doing that later, aren't we? Later, aren't we? <laughs> well, look, uh, awesome. if uh, if we hadn't discussed the Gold Coast game, I would have said Matty Rowell, but we did. Uh, so I'm going to go to the Port and the Crows game, the showdown on a Saturday night. Lovely to see 2,000 fans in that stadium uh, mm. and seeing the Crows fans leaving early, of course. Um, <laughs> but there's one one kid, one kid who comes to mind, uh, Zach Butters. This I, yes. I I don't know I don't know what what port have been feeding these kids but Rosie Butters Dersma they all look like they're like they're twenty five year olds and they're only nineteen, um, but this mm. kid had had a fantastic game he he really lifted the team when when he needed to and I think part of the onslaught was 
due to his uh his input. One kicked a goal, twenty-one touches, eight tackles. So he was I think he was good both inside and outside and uh put Seven on the forward pressure at times when he needed to. Uh Don't three inside fifties as well. Uh, eight scores. Man loves a mark. Man loves a mark. Seven marks. Man Seven marks, yes, Man sorry, can't forget the marks. Uh, he he did, marks. did did everything. Did a bit of everything, butters. So uh everyone obviously loves to talk good. about Connor Rosie and uh how, how good of a year he had last year, but don't underestimate the rest of the young kids in that port side. Okay. Yeah, uh, that was a good. That's a good call. Could could uh, could argue quite a few port players from that game. You could. You could. Motlop as well had a fantastic game. Dersma obviously with the three goals as well. You know, Trent McKenzie. Yes, Trent McKenzie was really good. He was amazing. Anyway, enough about that really good game showdown. Um, Alex Miller, I, who is your man? I'm going to the last game of the round. Uh, St Kilda taking on the Bulldogs. Uh, I am not going to pick any Bulldogs players. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, I'm you sorry. don't. Uh, don't deserve any mentions. <laughs> uh, Jack Billings does deserve a mention, boys. Uh, three goals, 24 touches, four marks, five tackles, three clearances. Um, there's been a lot of critics for Jack Billings since he's been drafted. Um, I have always been a defender of those critics. Because even when I thought he was younger, even though his goal consistency was a bit, you know, uh, not the greatest thing you've ever seen, I think his work ethic and the biggest thing for me is each season Jack Billings has improved. And there's nothing I think harder when the critics are out and you're a high, you're a top five pick and everyone's on your back uh, for you to live up to those expectations. And he proved not just this week, but... Jack Billings is going to be a really, really, really good player for the Saints and a future captain, I think, at some stage. Yeah. Um, he was just outstanding from a from a leadership point of view as well. He's just a really, really, really good player. And I think um, big, big who's the man to him because he's the man. Yeah, um, I've been uh, that, I've been I've been ranting really cool. and raving, ranting and raving about the Saints' new recruits. Obviously, Brad Hill and Zach Jones had fantastic games, but you do forget, do forget about the guys that are already there, um, and what especially about Dan Butler, mate? yeah, and Butler too, of course. We we did have a bit of discussion about Butler over the weekend. Um, Alex Stockett for the Saints, on his um on his blog um, <laughs> that Dan Butler was outstanding, and um, I couldn't agree with that more, Doc. Very nice. Yeah. I, I don't want to go back to that game, but I feel like I have to. Uh, I mean, I mean, back on Jack Billings, I thought, you know, I've, you know, the, I've always liked Jack Billings, but the biggest problem was his, his kicking in front of goal. It was mm. always horrendous. Mm. You know, it, it always skewed to the left, skewed to the right, never went anywhere, but where it actually, we actually wanted it to go. He's had a below, but, uh, below 50% uh, goal accuracy pretty much his whole career. Yeah. But, but I'm 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 with you, Alex Miller. I think he's uh, definitely improved every mm. year, and I think you know, Saints fans probably shouldn't be too disappointed. Like, it's, it's always hard to cop criticism, you know, for one being a top three pick, and then B being selected before a bloke by the name of Marcus Bonpelli, who <laughs> who is an absolute gun in his own right. But but for Jack Billings to just you know, he hasn't he hasn't wavered. His, his form hasn't wavered at all. Like no. you know. And I think he's actually worked on his, you know, kicking in front of goal. And it saw on um, Sunday night, you know, he had three shots that by in years gone by, he would have actually missed. Yeah. And, 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 and miss and miss it consistently. But, you know, he, 
he, he's turning into almost a complete package kind of player. You know, he can win, he can win it in the contested ball. He can kick, he can go forward and kick goals. Mm. You know, Jack Jack Billings has, has often you know tormented us in years <laughs> gone by. I, I keep I keep thinking back that that time where we choked a fifty five point lead five years ago, and he, <laughs> there it and is. he was. And he was the uh, he was the conductor of that fight back. So good, 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 good call, Alice Miller. I do oh, want to say while we're much. talking about uh, accuracy, the Saints fourteen four really really good for them considering they've had some goal scoring woes in the past. So good to Absolutely. see them actually. That's why, why Dan Butler was brought in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Now right, well, we, we've got we've got a new segment, we don't we, Alex Miller? Yes, we do. <laughs> the man has made a new segment a couple of weeks ago and it's only fitting that this man, he's been an instructor of the rants for a long time at A3, but now I think it's a time we dedicate a segment after, not just the Alex Docherty, it will rotate each week. It's called The Rant. Um, I have my phone in front of me with a one-minute timer. <laughs> now, so The Rant will conduct. It's going to be one minute, and as soon as the one minute's up, um, there will be a clap from um, the other two participants. Um, would we like, so would just we like a, a siren? I've got a, I've got a siren here. I can blow the, oh, blow the, blow the MCG siren. siren to, to signal him off. Siren will go. What, what um, about the moniker, Alex Miller? Yes, the whole moniker. <laughs> it could be a playing instrument, maybe for a later date. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the rant will be a minute. Uh, we're going to try and get some former guests on that we've had. Some of the AFLW players to come on. They can give a little rant about something. So it's going to be Alex Ocker to kick us off. Um, just a warning to headphone users, because the <laughs> rant usually will be quick and loud, and it won't just be Alex Ocker. It'll be the clap and all that. So if you have your headphones in, clap do turn them down at this point. <laughs> That's aware. your first and last warning. So Alex Doherty on my third. I'll try. I'll one, try not two, to three. raise my voice too much. I'll try not to raise my voice too much for the listeners at home. <laughs> on my one, two, three, you may conduct your rants. Uh, one, two, three, go. Talk about it. You talk about a ship of fools. You don't have to look no further than the, than the Western Bulldogs Football Club. 0-2 after two games and sitting last on the ladder with a really mediocre percentage of 47.7. You have to ask, you have to ask yourself, wh- where in the hell has it gone wrong? It's been four years after we've won the premiership and we're still stuck in 2018 where we've just beaten... Beaten, victimized, bitch slapped by almost every other team in the AFL. And the first person I, I look to is Luke Beveridge for, you know, his very, very poor selections in the, on the selection table. Ryan Gardner shouldn't, shouldn't be getting another game ever again. Uh, Billy Gowers didn't get anywhere near it. I don't understand why he got picked when there's other guys such as Toby McLean, Tory Dixon, mm. Jackson Trengove, Josh Shackey. These guys have fetched 22 players. And it absolutely baffles me that Bevo is rolling the dice on VFL players. I see that timeout, Alex Miller. <laughs> but I, I, I need to know why the hell we have gone so far backwards four years after a premiership. Bang. <laughs> and that's it's all, it, it's all ladies I need and gentlemen. To, it's all I need that to know, That was perfect boys. timing. Beautiful. That's all I need to know. Well... If I can quickly, we can quickly answer those questions. Uh, I think the Dogs are a decent team. I've got a feeling this week that I might tip them, but we'll get to the tips in a sec. But I think the Dogs can come good, Doc. They're a good team. They want a flag for a reason. 
It's not mm. easy to continue that trend, but I think Cat the dogs hopefully can be up from here. Well, they can't get any worse. They're bottom. <laughs> yeah. They're just definitely yeah. missing some uh, some veteran heads. And obviously, we were looking at the who should come in and out. The likes of uh, Trangoven, Tory Dixon, Libba should all be making their way in this week, I would think. Lots of outs, lots mm. of ins. Bevo really needs to swing the hammer and get get these boys into gear. He'll probably play Rock Smith for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> he won't, he won't, he won't, 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 play, won't play Josh Shackey, but he'll play Rock Smith. There it is. There you go. And also, fingers will there be crossed is. for Easton Wood to get back as quickly as possible as well. Also, well. also, also can I just say, boys, uh, I didn't mention this in the rant, but I really wanted to. Jason Johansson has got to be the, the, the best player that ever sleeps with sleeps the lights on that bloke that bloke got, that bloke got, that bloke got well held by Jaron Geary who only had one working hamstring before quarter there it is he's extended the, he's is. tricked us into extending the rant somehow let's move on to the tips boys it was a very thin week very thin week in tipping uh, I, I know I only got four which is a very poor I'll get the tips up my part um, Kat maybe you can run through the, um, the teams from the Richmond Hawthorne game Oh yes, we've uh, we do have we do have one set of teams already. Big ins, big outs. Well, more big outs than big ins, but for the Tigers, in comes uh, Jack Ross and Josh Caddy. Unfortunately, mm. Dustin Martin, uh, a bit of rib soreness, I believe it was, uh, just not going to be able to play against the Hawks. And Liam Baker also going uh, going out. For some, uh, I believe it was a family family matters. Family matters. So Fa- all yeah, the best, uh, all the best to him and his family for the yep. week. Uh, and of course, Hawthorne, uh, Jago Mira in Harry Morrison out. Someone was always going to have to make way for Jago, and uh, unfortunately, it's just young Harry. Very Harry stiff, stiff. That, uh yeah, agreed, dog. I think um, can't play Paul Piopolo still wandering around in that team like a lost old man in a shopping mall. Yeah, um, yeah. I was watching that Hawthorne game and I was thinking the exact same, exact same thing. Clarko is giving him um, a bit of a lifeline, it looks like, but uh, we'll see what well, happens there. Well, whilst we're on the Hawks selection issues, I have to, I have to ask this question: uh, <laughs> Do do they persist with Ben McAvoy as a key defender because they got horribly exposed by Geelong Smalls last week? Alex Miller is shaking uh, his head. No he's, doing, he's doing the no deal cross arms. It's just a bit um, too immobile I, with the likes of uh, Frawley and McAvoy back there. They can't move. You, can, no. you cannot have two of the slowest key defenders in the comp. Those two boffins running around, well, walking around down there. They could be running. You can't tell. That's how slow they are. I think... Um, Stumbling. It's a good idea. And Clarko is no doubt a creative and innovative coach. Um, but I don't think Ben McAvoy is a key defender. And, I, and also, I don't know how... Campbell Brown put James Frawley in the uh, team of the week as a yeah, James, I get that. as a defender. Now the team was beaten by forty points, Campbell. I don't know, or sixty-one <laughs> points, or whatever it was. Um, so ten goals. Your eyes, ten goals. So really close game. So good job by the Hawthorne defence. No, I think this will be a, a contest for sure. Um, Josh Caddy's a big in, obviously. Uh, we mm. missed him round one big time. Dusty's obviously. A big out, but Jack Ross, boys, I did say last night to you, um, I'm a big fan of him. I have been since his amazing 25 disposal, one goal debut against Port over there, <laughs> the leading a big play. fat win. But he can play for sure, so good to see him get an opportunity, Doc. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Big fan of Jack Ross, very hard at it, midfielder. And I think he's not going to fill in the shoes of Dustin Martin. It's going to be very <laughs> impossible, but... I, th- I still think he has a lot to offer in that in that Richmond midfield tonight. I think 
I think there's a couple of boys cap though from the Tigers that'd be um, pretty lucky that round one has taken, oh sorry, round two took three months to come around because <laughs> some of those boys did absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, well, we discussed all the likes of Pickett, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens this week, won't we? Well, who are we going to tip? I'm going to have to go with the Tigers. I don't think I can tip the Hawks after the performance last week, and the team's really yeah, not that much different. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the Tigers. Margin as well, gentlemen, as it's uh, round first, first game. 32 points. Oh, that's what I've done. 32. That's lovely. Beautiful. Doc? You, usually, uh, usually I'd say Hawthorne because they don't have two bad games in a row, but I think the Tigers just. It'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a much better contest. It'll be a much better contest this week. Okay. I no, think... I think 14 points. There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm also obviously going with my boys, Tigers, uh, and as Kat said, I'm going with the same margin, 32 points. Beautiful. Friday, Friday night. night. Oh, this is big. This, this is big, game. Alex Stockerty. The Giants uh, t- versus the Bulldogs. Say, boys, <laughs> at can I just say, boys, just, just quickly, we have GWS have won four of the last five games against us by an average margin of 48 points. Jeez. So <laughs> if, if, this <laughs> if this isn't a line in the sand game, I don't know what will be because. <sighs> Yeah, we, we've had some, we've had some good games against GWS in in years gone by. I mean, you know, we don't have to look too far to think about the prelim final. But you know, since well, then, enough. you know, GWS have had the wood on us, and how, I don't know how I don't know how many times we we have to be thumped by the GWS to actually get the message across that we need to fight back. I think. Um... This will be a tough contest, no doubt. I think uh, for me, personally, boys, with my tips, right now, I'm going to tip the dogs. But until I see the team selection tonight, that tip might change. So don't be surprised if you see a last-minute giant switch. But, Doc, (laughs) I think your boys will put in a fair effort. And if, for God, Jackson Tringo plays, uh, they might be a chance to win. So at this stage, I'm tipping the dogs. Yeah, look. I'm not confident in my boys at all. I would like to say that they will put in a better effort than last week, but that wouldn't be saying much. Um, I, just want to see, I just want to see some heart, boys. I mean, Liban needs, needs to play because if, if, they, if they... I know they'll ruffle up, they'll ruffle up on Pelly again. Uh, Toby, to, Toby Green will uh, try and poke his eyes out. Amazing how he... <laughs> imagine, it, still, it still baffles me how A... He got away with that, and then B GWS tried to label him as the victim of all this. <laughs> uh, well, they're always going to protect their own, but yeah. so are you going to tip your mob, Doc? No, I'm picking the Giants. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Giants, but like you, Alex Miller, I'm going to wait until team selection to make my final final decision on that one. The next game, Cap. North Melbourne and Sydney Saturday Saturday mm. Arvo. At Marvel Stadium. I think this is pretty clear cut. I'm going north. North. <laughs> north. north. I think north. Sydney. Sydney. They showed, they showed that they can be an absolute contender this year, uh, last week, North Melbourne. So I'm going to mm, go with them. There it is. Speaking of a game that's not clear cut, um, Collingwood taking on St Kilda at the MCG. Alex I'm very, this could be you the game the of the Saints round. Last week. Could be the game of the round. You saw the Saints last week. Do they have enough to match it with the Pies, let alone beat them? It's tough. It's a tough one. Um, I think about the, I think about the game last year, and St Kilda actually stuck with Collingwood for four, for three quarters before they actually pulled away. Mm. 
Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to pick an outsider this week and pick and pick the Saints. Um, look, I'm not. I'm not confident, but I. But I, I think I saw enough of the Saints last week. If they can keep that pressure up for four quarters, then that mm. then there is they could almost beat anybody in the league. If this was at Marvel, Cat, I think I'd be more mm. inclined to tip the Saints. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, that's the thing. The Saints don't play on the G very often. Um, no. I think I'm going to go with the Pies. I think they'll they'll have the quality, but it will be a very, very, very tight game. Yeah, I agree. I'm also going to go with the Pies. And I think Speaking of very, very tight games, this is not going to be one. Geelong and Carlton <laughs> at, at Cadenia Park on Saturday night. I think the Cats will the hand them their asses on a silver platter. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah I, I must agree i think i'm gonna tip uh geelong here comfortably doc yeah Ge- geelong will absolutely bitch slap him around geelong so <laughs> the blues won't know what hit him uh can, can i ask you a question how, how how many times do carlton have to have really poor first half before they actually get a full quarter game together i think it's tg's strategy tg's new strategy <laughs> It has to be a tactic that they deliberately play like useless boffins in the first quarter and then proceed to actually put up a decent fight. So, I don't know. Well, Geelong are a team that don't like to slow down, so I don't think that'll work against them. This will be a tough game now at the Gabba, boys. Mm, Brisbane and West Coast, the other Saturday night game. West Coast, obviously, some key outs, and the Lions looking very strong. I think the Lions will beat them like they did last year. Doc, yeah, you I think, I think about Brisbane, will be... Brisbane, though, you said you weren't fully sold on the Lions. You thought they were a bit meh. Yeah, look, there's a couple. There are a couple of issues that I have with the Brisbane Lions. I think they were taken care of easily by Hawthorne round one, and then you know against the against the side like Fremantle that you know you'd probably expect should handle them easily on on their own home. home turf. Yeah, at home, uh, it. I, I have, I do have I do have concerns, but if the Eagles play like they did last week against the Gold Coast, then Brisbane should beat them easily. Uh, yeah, you, you, you've you've said it before that the Gab is a fortress, and you know Brisbane as they showed last year against the Eagles, uh, they absolutely had their way with them. So look, I, I I will pick Brisbane this week, but it's not without confidence. And yeah, uh, I'm going to go Bris- Brisbane as well. I'm going to look into um, my crystal ball and say. With no Jeremy McGovern there, Dan McStay, Eric Hipwood, and the Big O are going to combine for ten goals. Jesus! Just, just, just don't let the Big O mark the footy anywhere um, further than thirty meters. <laughs> that's that's my crystal ball for you, gentlemen. Um, Sunday afternoon, one o five, because we can't do one o'clock anymore. <laughs> Metricon Stadium. Uh, the Suns go in favourites for the first time since I think the. First World War, they're a dollar eighty. Um, I'm going to go the with the Suns. My, my second mob. I'm really excited to see them. Hopefully, string two in a row together. And yeah, the Suns. Suns, the Suns have got this. Suns have got this for me. Yeah, yeah Gold Coast will show uh, Brad Crouch why the why the Suns are his destination club next year, and they will absolutely dis- <laughs> and they'll absolutely destroy them on the back of another twenty five plus and two goals from Matty Rowe. And also Noah Anderson too. We haven't, we didn't touch on him. Yeah, I thought he was very good. good. Yeah. It, Even it, we it, forget it, he's in the shadow of Matty Rail. I think he'll request a trade back home in a couple of years. Just to get away from him. <laughs> I'm sick of him. Some attention. 
speaking, I just want to be loud. Another, another good game, Kat. You're mock, taking on yes. Melbourne. Now this will be this will be one well. Of the good, contests. good might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it'll be I a game. Good. I think we saw Melbourne's first half outstanding and then fell away, but that could be a result of getting back into the gist. I've never seen a more consistently, a never seen a more consistently less entertaining game than us and the D's. <laughs> it will be an absolute slog, but we will win. Hey, hey, they played. Hey, they played a really good high-scoring game last year. It was good. It, was it wasn't a good high-scoring game. It was only good because both our backlines looked like they were made of string cheese. <laughs> it was still high-scoring. Also... It was still high-scoring and entertaining, though. I'm also going to go with Essendon, but I think Melbourne might put up a bit of a bit of a contest, Doc. Yeah, look, I, I, I was I was disappointed that Melbourne didn't choke last week and help my tips, <laughs> uh, but I, I will I will go the Bombers. I think they they're looking somewhat slightly better than the D's at the moment, but um, you don't you don't know with Melbourne. Right. The last game of the round is a six o five. What the, what the hell's going on? Disgusting. Freo and um, Port. What the bloody hell? In the hub. I'm actually, <laughs> uh, boys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip Freo here. I think, uh, I think it's no coincidence that both the teams that went up to the hub last week both lost. Uh, I think Freo, being the team that settled in for an extra week, are gonna actually win this. Mm. Depending on who I tip between the dogs and GWS. Um, Bless me, sorry. Bless you. Um, in terms of um, if I tip, if I tip the Giants, I will tip Fremantle. Um, I think if you compare Port and F- Brisbane in terms of form, you'd say Port are better. Mm-hmm. The only thing to consider is this game isn't Metricon. Now Brisbane obviously play up there a bit, bit more, and they played again, played pretty well against that team. Nathan Wilson should come in, be a big inclusion. So. I'm actually going to go Freo as well. Oh yes. Did you, did you just say? Did you say Brisbane at, at Metricon? No, I said Port playing at Metricon. Okay. Play, I thought you said Brisbane. No, they play at Metricon tonight, um, Sunday night, mate. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Freo Port. Everybody's um, a bit confused. Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, they played Brisbane last week at the Gabba. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. The, the, so it's like that, I sort of thought yeah, they're still like cat set in. Yeah, All right, Alex, can yeah, no. you give us your tip? <laughs> uh, look, I, I think I'll go Port. Um, I like I like Freya at the moment, but I think Port are showing at the moment that they're you know as much as as much as we don't like Ken Hinckley, he's actually he's actually stringing together a really good twenty two and a, and a somewhat of a solid game plan. Uh, this is the type of game they lose. Her. It is, uh, mm, but very, very Port like. But we'll, we'll find out. If, if, if Port are very serious about um, playing finals this year, then these are the games that they have to win. And, and they, they, they should be fine. I think they'll be fine against Freo. Well, this well, is the convinced. state of the, uh, the tipping competition, boys, going into round three. Oh, Alex Doherty got three last week. He now has a total of... Uh, Nine. How many is your total? Seven? Seven? But you're going to add two to that. No, I've got to add one to that. One to that. So you're on eight. So I'm on eight. Oh, yes. I'm not lost. Alice Catalano is second. Yeah. Uh, Alice Catalano got four last week. Yeah. Um, and he got cl- closest to the margin with 14 points. He sits on eight also. Yes. And uh, Alex Miller sitting pretty uh, two tips ahead. 
uh, on six last week and 12 in total. So I'm actually four you ahead. Took six? Bloody hell. Well, yeah, you took right. stupid. I'll tell you who I uh, tipped uh, <laughs> tip right eating, last week. Tip so, stupid. How so tip eating the, stupid? Well, you boys tipped Carlton. Uh, and yeah, you both tipped all of them. So those are stupid. I also tipped Essendon. Well done. Um, oh, come on. Carton wasn't that stupid. They only lost by a point. Yeah, it was only a point. Hawthorne was anyway, stupid, though. It was, it was a, it, yeah, Hawthorne was a bit silly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that's I got those ones right, and you boys didn't. So that's how it works. <laughs> because we're and, stupid. And, and, and also, silly me, I got Sydney wrong. I yeah, picked Sydney strange. last week. That was very oh look! That. Oh look! I only I only picked it on the back of the fact that Essendon suck up there. <laughs> we do, we do. Can't <laughs> laugh about it now because he's team one. <laughs> all, all smiles, all smiles. Wasn't all smiles on Sunday? That's for sure. But uh, right. yeah, remind me, remind me not to pick Sydney again. <laughs> don't pick Sydney again. Definitely don't. All right, gentlemen. I believe that is a that is a wrap for this week. Of the That's A3 it. Footy Podcast. Thanks for joining us, of course. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our socials, A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook, at A3 Footy on Twitter, at A3 Footy Podcast on Instagram. Of course, the email as well, a3footy at gmail.com. Give us your tips, any thoughts from round two, who you think is going to win round three, your favourites for the mm. premiership, your favourites for the spoon, who's going to win the Coleman, anything. Give us Have anything. We love to hear from the fans. Love to hear from everyone. Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you, the crows are right there. There's no way the dogs. Yeah, are they're going to win it. Um, I'm sure, um, if, maybe... if, if, if we keep having these really poor games, where we only kick five, five or six goals. We're, we're not going anywhere other than 18. <laughs> <laughs> also, question anyway, of the uh, question of the week. Kudos of Alex Miller because he yep. loves the Suns. Will the Suns make the finals? That's our question of the week on the email. Of course, that again is a3footy at gmail. Dot com. And Anything if you can't be bothered writing an email, just Anything send a message because the socials we... are always open. Yes. Uh, uh, before we I'm wrap pretty, it up. Uh, pretty excited to see how this round will pan out. Good luck to everyone's teams, especially yes. to Essendon and the Dogs, respectively. <laughs> of course. Uh, mate. God, so God knows safe. we'll need it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wish, wish you both luck. All right. Was... All right. Well, with, with, <laughs> all that, with all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you join us, of course, next week for the round three uh, review and round four preview. Until then, 